we have thought for years and years and years that the church has a mission. The reality is, is God's mission has a church. So, so because we've been building our own kingdoms, it looks like something man built. And I want to say this to everybody that's going through a deconstruction period. I think you need to go through because of the way things have been taught, particularly in the Western world, go through de deconstruction, but don't stop there. Go forward to reconstruction. Yes. A bad experience somewhere is not a bad experience everywhere. Welcome to Kingdom Over Everything. I am your host and chief fire igniter, Shea Bynes. And I have with me Dan Abraham Thomas Jr. He is the pastor at Find Your Place Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and also a leadership and mindset coach. We're going to def definitely have to talk about that as well. But Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being here. And thank you for saying my full government <laughs> name. I, I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate Lord. it. I'm, I'm embracing all of the, all of my name, you know, the tribe of Dan got kicked out. Abraham, the father, uh, Thomas, the doubter. I don't know what junior means. That's just, uh, <laughs> my family took that and my family name is Jr. Oh, okay. So, so, no, you never hear anyone call me Dan in my family. That's interesting. Unless I love the breakdown joking. of the meaning, but like that, that, that I didn't even catch that when I was, you know, introducing you, but that's just the meaning of each and every name there, uh, the intentionality there. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I feel I'm in the, the father portion of, you know, Abraham, uh, he's a leader, you know, of many nations. I, I believe that's where I am right now. That's where God yeah. is developing me now. And I've embraced it because I think for a long time, I thought my middle name was weird. So I'd make people you know, is it Antoine? Is it, you know, is it all these other names? And then finally yeah. somewhere, I think in my mid thirties or something, I begin to say, you know, I like my middle name. And yeah. I'm going to, and so recently last year, uh, instead of just Dan Thomas, I just, I just put it out there. It's just Dan Abraham Thomas. I love it. Okay, cool. So we met, the reason why we met actually is because there are a series of people who I know and love I started to notice in my Facebook feed that there's folks were sharing. I would consistently see posts from a Dan Abraham Thomas Jr. in my <laughs> right. feed. And I'm just like, and at first it was just one person. Then it was a second person. There was a third and the fourth. And so it got to the point where I was seeing your posts like pretty much every other day. I would see something that you, that you had said. And I'd be like, I don't know who that is, but I like what he's talking about. And so eventually, you know, I reached out and I'm like, Hey, let's talk. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but I want to get to know you. And so when we had our chat, Dan, there were so many things that came out of our conversation that I'm like, this will be really good to explore, yeah. you know, our kingdom over everything. So I appreciate you joining me today and also looking forward to continuing, you know, to get to know you. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about this because the church, Find Your Place Church, that's a new church. So yeah. can we just first give a shout out to that? When did you launch... Uh, find your place. Okay, so we launched Find Your Place on January 28th, so just four Sundays ago. Nice. So this church is a baby; it's an infant, and uh, I'm loving it. I'm I'm loving it because obviously, you know, we obeyed God, but then I'm loving it because I'm in a place in my life where I'm more freer than I've ever been. I'm not yes. bound by denomination. I'm not bound by uh, some organization or some institutional something. I what is on my heart, I can actually say, 
Yes. And I can actually get people are free. And I didn't know that there were pockets of people here in Fort Worth and surrounding areas that they were yearning for this. Mm. You know, someone was asking me the other day because I have a friend in, in Los Angeles that launched two weeks before us and they launched with like 200 and something people. Yeah. And then of course now they've settled down to about 150, 175. And I said, man, Hey man, what, what Los Angeles needed you had. Yes. I'm not necessarily worried about, uh, because this is somewhat of an apostolic endeavor. I know I'm breaking new ground with the yes. message and his message is more hurting people, encouragement, those types of things like that. I've had to realize my calling, things will always start small, but then as I train people, it will get big. So I just have to be yes. okay with that. And yes. so it, it, it's been a wonderful thing. Now you asked this and I won't reveal any names, but I do feel more comfortable at this time, four years now, uh, saying this. So how we even got to Texas from Oklahoma City, and yeah. I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, but we were coming down here to take over a church. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the church in Oklahoma City, we had just started really getting traction. And I mean, things were going well. But at the same time, in the background, Shasa and I, my wife, we were thinking, you know, maybe this is it's time for us to start training someone else to take this over. We had reached kind of the eight year mark and we were feeling that and we wanted to be somewhere else other than Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends here, he calls me and he says, hey, I think that you'd be a good candidate to take over for my father. And and I was like, wow, you know, I listen. He says, hey, I'm not trying to say anything about your church. The name of that church was Chosen Generation Church. He said, but just think about it. So we prayed about it. Shasta actually started looking up some schools in the area. She landed on the school where our daughter has been since we've been here. Make a long story short, uh, that was in September of 2019. In November of 2019, we told our church that we were leaving. Subsequently, there were people who said, hey, let's go with them. Okay. We didn't force anyone. They said, we're going where you go. And of course, my mom we told her first on a Friday night so she wouldn't hear it the first time in church. On I, Sunday. <laughs> I, yeah, I know better than that. Like I, yeah, smart man. <laughs> like, I know better than that. And she says, well, you're not leaving me here, is what she said. And so time ensued uh, uh, from that November and that December and that January, I was going down to preach at the church so people could kind of get used to me. Fast forward to May of 2020, I received notification that he was having second thoughts. Okay. And, uh, and I was like, well, about what he says, well, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe we need to go back to praying. I don't know how long the pandemic is going to last these types of things. And my response was, well, God knew this was going to happen before anybody else did. Yes. So this has nothing to do with our agreement. Well, he can, he kind of wanted to pull back. So I talked to my wife about it. Of course, she wasn't happy about it. And then I figured out that I probably needed to pull out of this. Yeah. Or this was just going to just wreck my family. Yes. So my wife was disappointed. My daughter was severely disappointed. They both were crying. Now he you hadn't moved yet, but you, had a, you were in the preparations we were, of moving, right? Yeah, we were in the preparations of moving. Right. Our house was on the market. And then my mom actually had already moved. Wow. And my, and my, uh, and two of our members had moved. One was on the way and another one was on the way. And wow. so all these things were in motion. 
And uh, I had a friend who called me who sometimes serves as a mentor. And he told me, he said, hey, Dan, uh, I hate to tell you this. I know you're waiting on a call back from this pastor. I'm trying to tell you how things go. He's not going to call you back. You're going to have to end this. Now, <laughs> I, I didn't want to do that. Right. <laughs> because it would be the final knife. And, you know, yes. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to do that. Nail in the coffin. It'd be the final nail in the coffin. So anyway, we we did it. Uh, I was surprised that they that the other side was surprised. I was like, you you left me no choice. And then we had the decision of whether we were going to move right. to Texas or not. Like, are we? Because that was the main reason we were moving to Texas. And uh, we actually prayed for about a day and a half. And God says, you're going to Texas. And, and that was it. Now you're going to Texas and starting yep. a church. Just well, you're going to Texas. No, no, had no idea about a church at that time. Nothing mm-hmm. was. So we, we, we just went and. And here, here's the here's the crazy thing. I gotta I gotta give you this. Yeah. Because I know sometimes when people, when God tells you to do something and he doesn't tell you why, mm-hmm. and sometimes he doesn't even tell you where, it's the craziest thing that you've ever heard. And there's a tendency to say that's not God or God wouldn't yes. do something like that. That's right. So you have that tendency. And and just so you know, people, preachers and pastors go through that too. Yes. <laughs> everybody, it's everybody. But during that time, God said something to me that I'll never forget. It's a staple in my life. He told, he told Abraham, he said, leave your family, leave your country, go to a land that I'll show you. Now, if it would have been me or you, Shay, we would have said, what land? Yes, yes. Right? Like, because I, I got questions. That's, that's the Thomas part of me, right? I got, I got questions. I got questions, yes. I got questions. And I think God would have replied to me and said, the land that I'll show you. <laughs> In other words, I said what I said. That's right. Go and then we'll talk. <laughs> right. Yeah. I said what I said. Then for some reason, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It occurred to me that you can be in the will of God and not know where you're going. Yes. And, and, and all of a sudden, a peace came over me. I remember we were trying to sell our house. Our house was shown 163 times in 60 days. And in the first two weeks, we had an offer. And for some reason, they pulled out. And then after that, there was another offer. So now our house is on the market. It's been under contract twice. You know that doesn't look good. Right. Our, our realtor at the time, she's telling us, and she was a good friend, and her, her husband was good friends with us, said, hey, guys, you guys are going to have to bring the price of your house down. You won't make anything, but at least you won't have this hanging over your head. And we kept saying, no, this is not what God said. So yeah. imagine... Imagine you're thinking you're going to Texas to get this church right. that falls through the cracks, right? That that's done. You're doing some contract work for a grace-based counseling agency that's paying you a little bit, but not enough. You still got a mortgage. And then all of this comes up, right? So all, all of this. So we're like, okay, what? And people have moved. Like, let's not forget people have completely transitioned to other cities <laughs> in preparation. My my mom, Your mom I'm, I'm having to talk to her, you know, on a, you know, phone. I can't go over to the house no more. And actually at uh, the last six months before we left, she was living with us. Yes. And she, and so I was like, okay, okay, God, I'm, I'm going, I'm yes. doing what you tell me to do. Yes. This, this does not feel good. Yeah. This, this does not feel good. So our, 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 uh, I, I remember we were sitting in the parking lot of main event 
because we were going to go in. I said, we just need to blow off some steam. Let's just go have some fun. But my wife didn't want to go in. And I remember our, our realtor was like, hey, this is my expertise. Now, she's a believer, too. Yes. And she's saying, hey, this is what you got to do. And we said, you know what? I know we have an open house on Sunday. We're just going to listen. Whatever happens, happens. But we're not bringing the price of the house down. She right. begged. Me. I said, nope, we're, we're standing. You know, like they say now, standing on business. Right. Yes. <laughs> this is what we're doing. So uh, we went to church. Uh, I was serving as an interim executive pastor at the time, helping one of my friends out. He had asked me before I moved to help him out. And I remember they were sending us off that day. They had raised a little money and uh, he kept yelling uh, during this prayer. The house is sold. The house is sold. The house is sold. We leave because later on that day, we've got some people coming to help us get stuff into the U-Haul because this is how serious we were. We're leaving. Like we, yeah. we don't, we don't care. We, we are, we are leaving. Yes. And, uh, and we, we had found a place to stay. One of my friends from college, she let us stay with us for a while. She was going to let us stay with her for a few months. But anyway, we said, we'll pay rent there and we'll pay mortgage here. Don't yeah. know where the money's coming from. Right. But God, you said, you said that's, that's where we were. So that's yeah. how serious we were about it. Well, we're we're getting ready to go to the to the U-Haul to pick it up. We're putting some gas in the car and the U-Haul is right around the corner. And I hear the phone ring in the car. It's on Bluetooth. And I don't know what was said. I, you know, I put the gas thing back in there, get in the car. And I was like, hey, what's up? So our realtor was on the phone. She says, you won't believe what happened. She says, we had this 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 open house. And 20 minutes before the open house closed, a woman came in and said, hey, do you have any offers on the house yet? She says, no. She says, I like this house. She says, but it will be for my mother. She goes down the street, comes back with 10 or five minutes to spare before the open house closes. Her mother walks in and she says, this is the first thing she says. She said, who lives here? She said, oh, it's a pastor and his wife. They're moving to Texas. She said, I knew it had to be something. She said, because the minute I stepped in this house, I felt peace. Come on. I'm not making this up. This is no exaggeration. She said, I felt peace. And she says, I'm actually buying this house for my grandson. She <laughs> says, how much are they asking for it? And she told us, she says, okay, well, I, I want to buy it. She says, well, give me your realtor's information and we'll get with you on Monday. She says, no, you're not understanding. I want to buy this house in cash. Come on. And she like, said, cancel, cancel right, the open house. <laughs> cancel the open house. She said, I, I want to buy this in cash. Come she on. says, and she says, well, you know that you don't have to pay the asking price. You can negotiate if now I don't know why my realtor was telling her that. <laughs> I don't know why she was telling her that, but I, she I said, was befuddled by this. Right. She says, no, I'm going to pay what they asked for it. Come on. And so uh, we went to California a few days after that to visit my wife's parents. We were able to get uh, a notary there. And of course, you know, uh, it closed in like 10 days or something like that. But but this is this is this is this is what God did. And we were able to make almost 10 grand from it. Come on. And she was telling us it didn't happen. And so that was the first real indication for us. Yes. Okay. You're you're supposed to move. And so we came and for the first, you know, few years, a couple years, I was, you know, trying to do, I wasn't very serious about my business. I was coaching folks, but I'd be doing it for free. I wasn't serious about it. Then I started charging some people and then I, you know, and business started picking up. I, I you know, I started investing myself, spent a few thousand dollars getting into courses. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I wouldn't normally say this, but the first year of my business, I made forty-two thousand dollars. Right, wasn't bad. 
Yeah, not bad for a first year of business. Kept us off the streets. Yep. <laughs> but in ministry, and I didn't know this until we got with her, in ministry, I made over 69000 Right. And so I remember I was getting ready to try to get a job. The lady that, I, that we were staying with, uh, my college friend, she worked at Lockheed Martin. She's like, yeah. hey, it'd be easy for you to get a job here. And so I said, well, let me pray about it. She was like, pray. I said, I, I got to pray about it. So I was doing morning prayer that next morning. I got up an hour before morning prayer. And I remember I was I was kneeling down on right in front of this chair and my knee touched, like barely touched the carpet. And I heard no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I haven't even got started. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, really? No. <laughs> and he said, no. Two days later, <laughs> a friend from LA called me and said, Hey man, you know, this pandemic has really been getting to me. And he said, uh, man, I just need some help. I know it's a lot to ask, but would you be willing to come down two Sundays a month? We'll pay for your plane ticket and stuff to preach for me. And you can stay with your, your in-laws, man, I just need some help. And so from that time until the end of that year, like April around Easter to the end of the year, that's what I did. Oh, wow. had, I, had I taken that job, I would have never been, able been, never been able to do that. And so, and so I've been watching, we've, we've been watching the Lord literally, and I, I don't use this word loosely, supernaturally Yes, provide for us the four years, well, almost four years, it'll be this summer that we've been here and it all started. And, and, and here's the thing, because the, the Lord told me, he says, here's what I want you to do. I know that thing didn't work out for you at that church. Right. I know you're hurt. I know you want to say something. He said, don't you say anything. Uh huh. He said to anybody, don't you say anything online. Yes. Don't you try to sneak, say it, be subliminal. <laughs> All the, I don't want you to say nothing. Your vague booking. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he said, I, and I went to, and uh, prior to that, I was at a conference in, in Chicago and the gentleman had prophesied to me and he said, hey, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be like an auction in your life. And God's going to watch how you handle a betrayal to determine oh, wow. what was next. Now, that was this situation. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And so God allowed me and his son to maintain relationship. Yeah. His son is now the pastor. He came back home. There were some things that happened to them uh, in their relationship to where he was supposed to have taken over uh uh, he was supposed to have taken over twice before and his father wow. reneged on him. So there was a little wow. bit of a pattern there. And God says, what if I told you, and this is what the Lord said to my heart one day, because I was still like hurt, not not yeah. necessarily angry, right? Yeah. About a year after or so. He said, what if I told you that I used you to build a bridge between the son and the father? Come on. It's just, and he would do something like that because he's just that good. He's just that good. And he said, and then he says, use it to test and develop you. He said, what I have for you. Come and on now. We're still waiting on the balance of it. He said, what I have for you, no one will be able to say, I gave this to Dan. It was because of this. He said, you watch and you wait. And yeah. so with the culmination of the church and everything, we know we're going to see this whole thing come together. And yes. then- you know, the Dr. Tony Robinson, right? Yes, yes. Love her to pieces. One of my favorite people in the world. The Dr. Tony Robinson, she gave me a word uh, and it was it was so great. She said, this is the year of the turnaround for you. Mm. And she says, and then years 24 through 26 
are going to be breakthrough years for you. And and I remember when she said that God says, I'm going to use this time. Yes. Because you were faithful to what I told you to do. I'm going to use this time to erase everything that happened. And, and so we, we've been just faithful in waiting yes. and not looking, you know, not despising the day of small beginnings. That's right. You know, one thing I want to give a real quick shout out. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife, we just, uh, earlier this month, we hit 18 years. Yes. And in terms of my ministry and where the Lord is saying, Hey, Dan, I want you to do this. I want you to do this is what the Lord said. I've never had one issue, one challenge from my wife about what God was telling us to do or telling me to do to yeah. lead them as a family. She's been the biggest and the best supporter. And I've told her this before, but you know, sometimes when you go through things, it'll cause you to look back sure. and see who's really been with you the yeah. entire time. And every time she says, if this is what the Lord said, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And I'm like, well, that's when we moved, when we moved from Oklahoma, I mean, from California to Oklahoma, moving from uh, Cal uh, Oklahoma to Texas, just like this is what the Lord is saying. And she's been on board sometimes even more excited than me yes. <laughs> about it. So I have I have that. Uh, and, and, and I love that that, you know, we can go forward together. Yeah. So, so yes. it's been some, uh, biggest, the biggest changes in my life, but also this has been, I can say the biggest growth period. Yes. Uh, in, in, in my life. And so, uh, God has really, really, really been good. And I, my, I know this sounds cliche, but if anyone is going through anything where you, you can't see the direction, you don't know what's going on. Always say God is doing more behind your back than he is in front of your face anyway. Yes. But, I would just say this to you. Just trust God. Yes. Yes. You don't have to know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And it's and it's never for you to know how, because if I know how, that would somehow take his glory. Yes. So I want to talk about something that I think you might have mentioned this when we were chatting before I hit record. And I want to dig into it a little bit more. Okay. Now, you had talked about how one of the things is like right now, you're like, I understand that the thing that I'm called to here. It's apostolic in nature. It's like really developing. It'll start small. It multiplies and all of that. But something you said to me, I think before we hit record was you were talking about the message that you carry mm. specifically in the body of Christ, that, that the area that you are in, there's also the dynamic of like kind of shaking up some stuff because it's different than perhaps the prevailing mm. messages around you know, whether, whether it's the, the, theology doctrines or whatever in your space. So I want to talk a little bit about, there's two things I want to talk about. One, I want to kind of talk about the, a little bit around your own trajectory of coming into kingdom revelation. And I also want to talk about the, and you can pick which one you want to talk about first, but I also want to talk about how you feel apostolically walking into a new area with a message that's like, eh, pretty different from what the fo other folks in Fort Worth <laughs> might be talking about. So take your pick, which direction you want to start with first. But I want to talk about that because there is a lot of kind of untangling around doctrine. Even you, you've talked about even in your own journey with doctrine and not having your free now and all of that. So take it whichever way you want to go, Pastor Dan. <laughs> All right, so I, let, let's let's start off with a little comedy here. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Okay. Do Do you wear jeans? Yes, I'm wearing some now. Okay. 
if you had met me, I'm 45 now. If you had met me at an age 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, you'd be on your way to hell. <laughs> straight up. I mean, straight up, George Bush gasoline draws on. Oh, my gosh. Do not stop at go. Just, just straight up because that's the way I was raised. That's what I believed. Yes. And the, the, the crazy thing about that is, is that, you know, you know, you talked about you were you asked the question, how did I come into this? So let's start. Yes. Let's start there. But I'll, I'll make it really quick uh, for the sake of time. I, I was an apologist for my Pentecostal denomination. I grew up, you know, classical Pentecostal and and I believed it. And I was I was a faithful adherent to it, even going to a historically back college university. Most people don't know I was I was a virgin until I was 27 when I was married. Oh, wow. So I really like I was walking it, at least the yes. big stuff. Right. I was I was doing it. Yes. And uh, I was still cool. I was student government president in college. You know, yeah, uh, I was uh, the president of the, the 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 honor society, whatever they called it, the honors club. Yeah. I, so I did all that stuff. So I did a lot of things, you know, but had a lot of respect from people. But there but at what the time I didn't know there was religious pride there, too, because you know, you look at people and you're condescending. I remember one instance, there was a lady I, I went to high school with and uh, she had went her first year. Uh, she went to my college. And so we were sitting outside and she was asking me about what I thought about her going to the party okay. that night. And so it kind of felt to me like a challenge, <laughs> right? It just what it felt like to me. And I told her, I rose up. I said, well, the Bible says uh -huh. love, love, not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in in, in you. And she said, and I and I, I'll never forget this. Her countenance drooped. She was like, "Are are you saying I don't love God?" And I remember my response. I said, "No." He said it. Wow. <laughs> and so, and in and in my mind, the blood has been washed from my hands. I'm I'm good. And I remember in my mind walking away. I was like got her. You know, th this, this was the mindset. Yes. And, 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 and I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. You know, fast forward a couple of years later, uh, maybe the end of my sophomore year, beginning of my junior year. I remember I went to church one day and my friend who normally runs a sound system, we preached our first sermon on the same night. He was going on vacation with his family. So I'm running the soundboard. You know, they say any good preacher worth his salt knows how to work a soundboard. <laughs> I didn't and know least, that, but now I know. <laughs> at least that's what my father in the, in the ministry told me. So I'm, I'm working the soundboard. Everything's going fine. And then all of a sudden, just like you and I are talking now, we're giving and receiving messages. When you would talk, I would hear what you say. I would understand the messages that you're saying. Like, I've, I've heard these words before. But for some reason, when it got to my ears, it got scrambled. Mm. And I had no understanding. And I remember going home where I was washing my clothes at my mom's house before I went back to school. And she was like, well, was he using big words? I said, no, you don't understand. When his words got to my ears, it just, I couldn't understand it. It happened the next Sunday. I remember rushing to the bathroom and I said, this is what happens to people when they go crazy. This is what I'm thinking. I said, this is crazy. That third Sunday, my friend was back. It happened again. I'm sitting in the front row. I didn't even wait. I just left church. I'd never done that before. I left. I'm like, what is going on? And I remember grabbing my stuff, getting ready to drive back to school. And I used to listen to 800 AM. They're a part of the Cumulus Network. And I remember Charles Stanley was on. 
And it was a message he was preaching about the wonders of grace. Yes. And I remember driving and hearing what he was saying. And he said, I'll never forget what he said. He said, did you know that there's more grace in God than there is sin in you? Mm. I said, what? You know, Mm. and at first it offended me. And then, you know, and then he continued with, he said, there's more grace. He said, you can't out sin the grace of God. He said, he said, he's pursuing you more than you're pursuing him. I remember pulling the car over to the side of the road and I just start bawling. Wow. I don't know what it just, you know, the three weeks, it just hit me. It hit me. It was a, it was a supernatural thing. And I remember going back to the school and I opened up the Bible and I was just reading in Romans where he was coming from. And it was like, I'd never read before. Yeah. And I stayed up reading all night to like three or four o'clock. It was crazy. Then that night I had a spiral notebook I hadn't used. I wrote down 22 questions and I said, I'm going to ask my pastor about this. This is great. Like I had no idea that this was against our doctrine. And I said, this is great. I went and I waited till after service and I asked him. And after I asked the first question, I never forget. Sometimes his glasses kind of used to tip like this. Over his nose. <laughs> and he, he looked at me and he said, where did I go wrong with you? Where did I go wrong with you, bro? <laughs> he kind of talked with a dark whisper, right? So I just wanted to put that on it. <laughs> so he, so I'm sitting here and I'm, I, I'm so hungry for whatever just happened to me. Yes. For truth, it didn't even offend me. I said, oh, I got another question. And I just start going. <laughs> I, just start I, got, going. I got 22 here. I got 22. <laughs> and I remember him saying, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this next week. <laughs> it, was, it was too much for him. But that's where it started. Yes. God, like it was a, he supernaturally pulled me out of that. Mm-hmm. Had he not, I would have, because I was such an apologist for it. Yes. And then even people who didn't believe like I believe, I was so good. You'd be convinced that what I was saying was true. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and so God just began to teach me. And at the time, of course, no, no, no one I knew. Right. No one was, no one was teaching. You had, you had to go to the ultimate teacher. Yep. Had to go to the ultimate teacher. And, uh, and then of course, so my, uh, me and dub have talked about this. Like he started out with the kingdom. Yes. Right. And then had to learn grace on the back end. Right. I started out with With grace grace and new covenant. Yes. And then in their spurt somewhere in the middle of those, I started doing kingdom reading miles Monroe's books, but I started like, I was on a search. I started getting, there were people who wrote books who were from Russia yeah. Uh, from Ukraine. Like mm-hmm. I was searching every nook and cranny of the internet yes. and it was just amazing stuff. And so when I started quote unquote coming on the scene, when I fully jumped into the water and said, okay, I'm not looking back. And yes. this was in 2004. Yes. This was in two years after I arrived in California. I said, no, this is it. This is the gospel. I, people were like, where are you coming from? My wife testifies to this. She secretly, she didn't tell me until years later. She said, what is wrong with this boy? <laughs> She's like, did my husband become a heretic? What yeah, happened? Because <laughs> she was she was raised in the Baptist church, but watch this, in a Southern Baptist church. Ah, uh, okay. A black Southern Baptist church in California. So, you know, basically good word, yes. but not this. Yeah. You know, not this. And so as I, but she started getting impacted by the gospel because I began to change in certain ways yes. concerning her. And even in our marriage, not yes. just talking about it, but living it. And Come then on. how we were raising our daughter. And so I thought that the Baptist church believed in grace. 
Right. My, my preaching assignments at my own church begin to dwindle. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> they begin to dwindle, and I would go, and then sometimes I would get invites in LA, and they would they they would know what I was preaching. They said, "I just want to hear where he's coming from." And I had a lot of pastors tell me, "I believe in what you're preaching. I just can't do it." I, I lose, I lose my church. That's what they would tell me. And I, I was lose like, my church. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's what they would say. I said, listen, wow. man, you're losing your life and they're losing the life they could have. Come on. Because they're, it's a performance driven system. Yes. Come on. Yes. And, yes. And you got to get, you got to get out of that. And so I've always been a truth seeker. If it's, if, if even if it costs me friendships, which it did. Yeah. It, it, it cost me friendships. I had one guy tell me, he says people can go to hell faster in your church than being outside of church. <laughs> that's, wow. That's, he said, I'll never invite. And you know, people are, you know, people are serious when they use certain words. He says, I'll never darken the door of your church again. You know, they real serious when they start talking like that. Wow. And so, and I, and I told him, I said, thank you. I said, because this is the kind of response that Paul got. Yeah. That's how I know. I wouldn't have known that I was preaching the right thing until you started saying stuff like that. Yes. So you asked me another question. I, I've been gifted, I think, with a little bit of divine indifference. <laughs> right. I love this. So, and I think for two, two reasons. Okay. One is because I'm not aware of what's yes. going on or what right. other people are saying. Because you're, you're focused in. I'm so focused that by the time the negativity gets to me, I've already accomplished what I need to accomplish. Okay, that's fair. Or, or it's because I really don't care. Yes, yes. I, I, I really, I really don't. I, I've, uh, and and I probably learned this more from my mom and just observing my mom and just being in the house. Like those those things. If if I stop because you started something, like I was, yes. me and my wife were having a discussion the other day. There was something going on at our job, and she was like, "Well, now I'm going to do this because they did this." I said, "Well, then they won." Yeah. Because they changed you. And the only change I'm looking for. So so I had a person tell me they've been coming to our church. They said, don't you know that you're in the Bible Belt? That this this message, especially how conservative Texas is. Right. And then they take that conservative view to their religion. Listen, bro, you're going to get thrown out before you can even go in. Right. And I and I, I said, I haven't felt any of that because I'm only focused on the people who really want the message. And yes. I said, I'm telling you that there's a, there's a, there's a ground swelling yes. here. Uh, one, one of the things I noticed in terms of the region. So I think this is in Ephesians three, but it says that the manifold wisdom of God must be made known by the church to the principalities and powers. Yes. And then it struck me that in order for something to be made known by the church, it first has to be made known to the church. Well, and in this region, come on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> in in this region, yes. the church doesn't know it. That's they, good. That's they, good. They, I'm curious. Yeah. You know, there's so much conversation. I don't know when these conversations started, but you're talking about groundswells. There's been a groundswell of conversation around deconstruction. There's so uh, many yeah. folks that are leaving the church. There's entire like generations of people that are abandoning the church. Some of them are finding their way. They're like, okay, I'm just 
getting away. I still love Jesus and I want to figure out my way back. So they're like the deconstructing that leads to reconstruction. Then some are just like, listen, I'm over this. This was all wrong. I don't like y'all Christians don't act like Christians. I'm kind of <laughs> over this. This isn't even real to me anymore. And they're completely abandoned. They're like deconstructing to just another thing, right? I'm curious whether the Lord's given you any sense of whether even, or just, just your thoughts around this, whether this message of grace, this message of the kingdom, th that these are like core things that draw people in who are deconstructing in a process of deconstruction for them to be able to, in a healthy way to reconstruct and find their identity in him and be able to kind of be free from a lot of the things that the tradition, the doctrines and the, the hypocritical things they experienced or whatever. What's your, what's your view about that? Well, I'm really glad you asked that question because one of the things we have to understand is we've, we, we have thought for years and years and years that the church has a mission. The reality is, is God's mission has a church. Mm. So, so because we've been building our own kingdoms, it looks like something man built. And I want to say this to everybody that's going through a deconstruction period. I think you need to go through because of the way things have been taught, particularly in the Western world. And that's a whole yes. nother conversation. Yes. But, but yes, go through de deconstruction, but don't stop there. Go forward to reconstruction. Yes. So let God tear down all that is not him and then let you be built up in him, your identity in him. One, one of the things that I've always said about this, especially when it started happening to me, and I kept, you know, because there wasn't a whole lot of people yeah. who, to even advocate what I was doing, I kept a lot of this on the inside. So now it's just out. So you've got yeah. the nuns and you've got the duns, right? Yes. You, oh, that's good. The nuns and the duns. Yeah. You've got the nuns. We, <laughs> yeah. we never wanted to be a part of that. And you got the people who are done with that. But this is what I, I want to say to the people who are going through deconstruction. A bad experience somewhere is not a bad experience everywhere. Yeah. And one of the things we have to be careful of is becoming uh, 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 either or people instead of both and. Yeah. It, it's a little bit more balanced on the both and side. I know that there were some structural things that happened to you and you said, okay, I'm in part of this part of this system. But it may, it may have just been a person in a church who didn't know conflict resolution that well. Like I, I know, I've always told people this, that conflict in church is an opportunity to release unconditional love. We don't understand that. We, we don't understand that. So when people were like, are you going to pastor? Uh, I was talking, there's a, there's a, there's a 65 year old uh, Caucasian lady that comes to her church, love her to death. She's in the tacos group. That's how she met me. She, she's, she's not only wise because of her years, her years, but she's just, you can tell she's full of the spirit. Yeah. And she said, I just don't want to do, uh, she went to this huge church in Dallas. I won't name it. Uh, but she, she says, I, I'm just tired of that system. I said, but listen, are you prepared for the construction of a new system that the Lord is doing that will look like his church and won't look like something that's ran or built by man? I said, now we can say, I don't want any part of that. That's fine but understand there's still good there yes. and then we can make it even better. We, yes. we can look at the things because this is the mistake I made. When I first started pastoring in Oklahoma City, I so didn't want to be like those people. 
because, you know, again, I had come out of all of that. I right. just, I, I was out of, this is 2012. I'm, I'm now back in Oklahoma city from California. I'm going to get as far away from that stuff as I can. Mm-hmm. You know what happened when I did that? You know, you know, all those things, all the things I wanted to get away from, granted, they were not in our church. Right. Right. But you know what also wasn't in our church? Honor. Mm. Right. So people were not honoring each other. People yeah. were not preferring each other above one another there. You, you lost some of your decency. Right. Yeah. Because and we're not talking about status or because a person has this position. I'm just talking about people were condescending when you sure. we took every single thing away. Yeah, we, we took every single thing away and then we were left with no structure. I said, so there's there's no possibility that you can be in anything. Even if you got a home group and there's 20 people coming, you got to have some structure at some yes. point. Yes. We we just got to learn how to not lord over people. Right. And and we also have to learn that this is not ours. Yes. This this doesn't be, this doesn't belong to us. I think that sometimes even the preachers, we we forget that this message was given to you through you for other people. Yes. It's 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 so critical. So like when I hear people going through deconstruction of doctrine, I say stay with the main elements because unfortunately in the African American experience, people are not just going away from church, they're going to other things. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah, I gotta have, I gotta have, I gotta burn sage. I gotta have yep. a crystal under my bed, yes. on my pillow, and all these different kinds of things. And 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 my thing is, is that okay? You you were never, or never had the opportunity to be rooted and grounded. Yes. And you maybe have been rooted and grounded in experience. My my church was very experiential. I'm not saying there wasn't uh, good preaching because right. I'm a product of my father in the ministry. He was one of those. Uh, he was one of those Church of God in Christ preachers that was respected by Baptist preachers. Yeah. But I have to say that when I got to California and I went to that church, God took that opportunity to marry the spirit and the word together. I began to have actual balance. Yes. Begin to have balance. And I never had that before. And then from that, I realized that there was a teacher in me. So anybody that's on that disc- deconstruction path, I'm not telling you to go back. Yeah. I'm not telling you to do any any of that. I'm just saying follow Jesus and watch this. Don't become a gracist. What do you mean by that? So a gracist is somebody who now, who has been raptured by grace, consumed and overwhelmed by grace, now begins to condemn the people, right? Who are like they used to be. Oh, that's good. Right? Because this this is something else I've noticed about and of course, you've got the God gave it his grace over grind, but yes. you've got the people who believe in grace, have accepted the kingdom, accepted the new covenant. But then they just roll in the tulips of he loves me, 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 he loves me. And then you never express or demonstrate sonship. Yes. Which now gets into responsibility and accountability. And then you get lazy. They said, well, I've got everything. Yes, you do. But Paul said, I count myself not to have apprehended Yes. But this one thing I do, I press. You're not you're not pressing to catch him. You're pressing to be made more aware of what you don't know. He knows all about you. You don't know all about him. Come on. That's the pursuit to get into the greater. And so sometimes when we get into this uh, grace Christians, they get lazy. Yes. They get lazy. So now because they found out I don't have to pray, I don't have to do this. Oh, I don't do anything at all. Right. 
<laughs> as allowing love and identity to compel you. That's yeah. what, so when I talk about grace, it's like, it's when people talk about how grace is his uh, unmerited favor. I'm like, it is, but it's also a divine enablement. It's like to ah. be who you're called to be, to do what you're called to do that comes from your being. So it's like, it's enabling you to be and to do. It's not yeah. just his unmerited favor. <laughs> right. Just again, rolling in the tulips. Yes. And, and, and I know this is not in the Bible, but I asked God to give me like, okay, what are like some stages of grace? So okay. first, first we come into covering grace. Okay. Then we come into sustaining grace. Then we come into empowering grace. Like you said, that's that grace over grind, right? <laughs> right. That's that grace over grind. Then you've got overcoming grace. Mm. And so, like and, and so the thing about it is, I, I, I've told people this, and, and this is where we get into how I coach. Yes. Because there's a way that God has made us physiologically, right? There's a way that He's made us so that, so, so here it is. You've got a belief system that was stamped and cemented somewhere between the ages of zero to seven. Right. All this information was coming into your nervous system and it developed a belief system, which is just a conglomeration of thoughts. Like when the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You you look up that word strongholds. It tells you that it is it is a fortress against another okay. one's opinion. Yes. We, yeah. We've always, we all had somebody we can't convince them. They just hard headed, right? Yes. They're just hard headed. So you've got a belief system that informs about 80% of your thoughts. So belief systems produce thoughts. Thoughts produce emotions. You've never had a thought that, that was not uh, followed by an emotion. If I told you to think about somebody you don't like, immediately you're going to have an emotion about it. Yes. Then those emotions produce behaviors. Those behaviors produce results and experiences. That's how you're made because God made you a believing being, meaning that what you believe actually is the experience that you're going to have in life. Yes. Now, to the point that a lie believed as truth will operate in your life as truth, even though it's a lie. Mm. That's Wait, how powerful. Say that again. Say it again for the people who didn't hear you say it the first time. Yes. A lie believed as truth will operate in your life as truth, even though it's a lie. It's good. Because you believe it. And so so we've got some unbelieving believers. Yeah. And one, one of the things I, I teach my clients is that, listen, you don't see with your eyes, you see through your eyes. Mm. In other words, your, your eyes see what your mind believes. Yes. Yes. Like this is the whole, this is the whole kit and caboodle of yes. it all. Me understanding that helped me understand the Bible better. It helped me understand how to help people better. Yes. You don't have a behavior problem. You've got a believing problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. First of all, I love that I'm experiencing from you just in this one conversation. I'm getting to experience the pastor in you the teacher in you and the coach in you. And I think this is fun. <laughs> and what I yeah. also love about the fact that, so there's people who are pastor that I call the bleeding heart pastor, but because of your coach side, you have like, that's no nonsense. Like I, like I'm with you for the long haul and I've got like, and I can walk with you in a process, but, a, but that no nonsense coach is like, but you going to grow. Like <laughs> you going to grow. <laughs> you remind me of my husband. It's like, you've got pastoral, but that, co that coach or that teacher in you, it's like, it's going to be like, come on, come yeah, that, on. That, You're not going to stay the same. I'm I looking, I'm, I'm pastor now. You, you're so right. I'm looking because I've changed. 
I'm looking for a pastor yeah. real quick. I'll apostolically lead, but y'all better get somebody in here with a <laughs> okay, staff that can follow you because that ain't me no I more. Need some, I, need, I need a little bit of bleeding heart around here yep. so that I can be <laughs> apostolic. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, and I formerly, I wouldn't have recognized it. Right, right. I, I need somebody that can feel. Yeah. You know, and so because this there's no short of inboxes and stuff I get each week. Hey, you know, people uh, just call me PD for short, you know, Pastor yeah. Dan. Hey, help me with this. Help me with this and help me with this. But but this is why I, we're going through a series right now called The Air Up There. OK. OK. And so we're co-heirs, joint heirs with Christ. But no one has taught this. I, I've, I've told someone, if you look at the book of Ephesians, you're going to find out that there are themes in it. And they all start with the W, the wealth, the worth, the walk, the worship and the warfare of the believer. Those five things. And now now you'll find out in the warfare of the believer, the war is over. Mm. But that's but that's a whole, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> you got to give me the link. To, I'm going to link up your sermons. You're going to have to tell me where they are so we can link yeah. them up so folks can like dig into this. this yeah, series. we're going to start recording like for audio this Sunday. Yeah. I'm still trying to get the room ready. Uh, there's some things that, uh, yeah, I'm still trying to get the room ready. But but I, I, I tell people, you got to see yourself as an heir. Yeah. High above all principalities, high above uh, all powers and all those different things. You, you got to see yes. yourself as that. I don't have to get the devil under my feet. Yes. He's already under my feet. Already there. I don't have to go and, you know, I'm going back to the devil's camp to get what he stole from me. You don't have to do that. It, there is no camp. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's been he's been and he doesn't have a kingdom anymore. If you if anybody understands military warfare, when you cut off the head of the snake and you destroy the enemy, sometimes there are little remnants. Yeah. But he doesn't have any organized kingdom. Sometimes I think it's like almost like Jesus didn't even raise from the dead. We don't like there everything changed after that. Yes. And so we've just I've just been teaching that that you're an heir. Heirs have an inheritance. And inheritance is not something that you work for. It's something someone else worked for, died, and left to you. Which is why I tell people in terms of uh, when the Bible talks about, you know, effeminate people, liars. It, it goes through that whole ugly right. list of people will not inherit the kingdom of God. And people say, see, right there, it tells you those people are not going to heaven. I said, come on, let's think. Let's put on our thinking caps, which is what one of my goals to help Christians not put their brain at the door but keep your brain in your head when you go into church. You can't inherit something after you die. You inherit something because somebody else died. <laughs> this, this is not talking about heaven. These are, these are people. What is, the, what is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, joy, and peace. They, they forfeit the benefits of righteousness, joy, and peace if you continue in those lifestyles. It has nothing to do with heaven. Ooh I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, it was for me, it's, it's, it's been this journey. It, it almost, it almost feels like Shay, it almost feels like this. It's like I was another person yeah, who lived another life. Yes. I can't even believe that I came from that Yeah, because this side is so much better. And this side is so much better when everything is going my way. Yes. This side is so much better when everything is not going my way. That's it. Because facts change. Yeah. Truth is original information. 
Yes, that's so good. I feel so much of that myself too, because even though I didn't grow up in churches, there's I didn't have to untangle from a lot of tradition, mm. doctrine, and stuff. Because my, my it was kind of sh- I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know what you want to say. I'll just say it was unencumbered, but it was also kind of shallow, you know, mm. in terms of some of the things. So, th- so the gift of that was that there wasn't a lot to untangle from, but yet still, I can still say that it is light years better mm. on the side of walking into revelation of the gospel of the kingdom and walking with Jesus, doing the with God life by the power of His grace, wow. than it was doing. The other thing, even if I didn't have to untangle from a bunch of stuff, some of that stuff's still in you because you're still focused on yourself, motivated by what you can do. And you're still kind of just like centered in that, 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 uh, achievement performance striving type of thing. And so even if you didn't have to untangle from like, oh, you're going to go to hell with this, this, this. And if you don't do this, this, you know, this isn't holy. You can't wear your jeans. I didn't go through any of that, but there was still that, that, that dependence on yourself. Ah. That life, whether things are going well or not going well in the kingdom, it's so much, it's like, it's indescribably better. So I I feel you on that, whether, so I'm saying that for the people who are just like, oh, well, I didn't have, I don't have the testimony of X, Y, and Z. It's still so much. But it's built into the world. Also, we live in a meritocracy. (laughs) We, We do. At every job you go to, you have performance reviews. Everywhere you go. It's it's built into the whole system of humanity. Yes. And I love what Eugene Patterson says in the message uh, from you know Matthew 11, 28 through 30. He says, when we know we know it as, you know, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, Come with me and learn the unforced, unforced rhythms of grace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Unforced, un- unforced. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this. Uh, it, it's, it's out now, but, uh, cause I got my designer working on it now. So I'm, we're doing a rock with you Easter. Okay. I got this, this, this is the, the, the vision that the Lord gave me. And I know which for some people it's going to be like, you, you really say that, but I, I'm, I'm driving down the street and, you know, every now and again, you know, as a quasi musician, songs come to my head. And I just, I just start singing. I wanna rock with you all night, dance you in today, right? Mm-hmm. So the Lord began to say to me, He said, "Isn't that what I want to do with you?" <laughs> he said, did, "Did I, did I not dance you into sunlight, brought yeah. you out of darkness into the marvelous light?" He said, "That's what I want to do with you." And then I remembered that there's this thing called perichoresis, which is the eternal dance, right? Yes. And I said, he said, and we've been invited into that and people don't know that God, he wants to rock with you. Come on. And so that's what we're basing. We're basing, it's, it's two, uh, it's that chorus and then one verse of Mike's song that we're basing all of Easter on. So that's going to be fun. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dan, uh, that, now I can call you PD. PD? Yep. Yeah. This was rich. What a great conversation. I'm yes. glad that you came and that we could have, we got to explore so much goodness yep. in this conversation. So I appreciate you coming. Can Where do people go? Like, what's the website for your church or how do people connect with you? Where do they go? Okay, the website for our church is fypchurch.com. Uh, you can find me on social media, uh, Facebook, uh, Dan A. Thomas Jr., or just look for Dan Abraham Thomas. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. And then also Dan A. Thomas Jr., all one word, 
on uh, off not only on uh, Instagram but also on TikTok if you're a TikToker at all. Uh, I'm there, and that's where that's where you can find me. I love it, and you and when you go. You can expect what you what you got here. You're gonna hear. You're gonna get some mic drop moments, and they're always in truth. You'll get some disruptions. They'll disrupt you a little bit. Might even agitate you a little bit. But the yeah. grace that you carry, and when you do it, is 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 really great. And so I encourage you all to connect with Dan. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. This has uh, been so wonderful. And then I've got to get you to meet my wife because I told you she thinks you're big stuff, and you are. <laughs> <laughs> When, when she found out about this interview, her. she said, Shay Bynes. That's the way she looked at me when she did it. And so thank you so much for, for allowing me to be here.